Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. Amen. I want you to go to Matthew 9, and we're going to begin reading in verse 37 today. This is Pentecost Sunday. Um, and, uh, but there's going to be a little bit of a different spin. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take you back, um, to the old Testament. And then I'm going to take you through into the new Testament. And then we're going to take a circle and bring you back to where you're sitting right now. And, uh, we're going to allow God to minister to you. Matthew chapter nine and verse 37, the Bible says, he said to his disciples, the harvest, everybody say the harvest. The harvest truly is plentiful. He, he said, but, but the laborers are few. I, I think what I was doing just then is putting a call out to laborers. I, I was, <laughs> you know, yes, there's labor outside the house, but there's labor inside the house as well. Both should be going on. He said the laborers are few. He said, therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out what? Laborers. Laborers into whose harvest is it? It's his harvest. God said, it's my harvest. I know when it's ripe. I know when it ain't ripe. It's ripe. I just need you to get with me and begin to labor right now. Let's go somewhere. <clears throat> now, I want you to go to Exodus chapter 34. What does Exodus have to do with Pentecost Sunday? Exodus chapter 34 and verse 22, and then we're going to end up over there in Acts. Exodus 34, verse 22. Listen to what the Bible says today. And you shall observe the feast of weeks. Now I'm going to explain that. Well, let me just at least help some people out right now so that you don't think that I'm lost or that you don't think that you won't continue to be lost. The feast of weeks is the time between Passover and Pentecost. Okay. That's what he's talking about It's seven weeks. And that's the time in which he is telling the children of Israel to observe. Now, stay with me because there's something we need to grab from here. And you shall observe the feast of weeks of the first fruits of the wheat harvest and the feast of the ingathering at the year's end. Three times in the year, all your men shall appear before the Lord and the Lord God of Israel. Now, listen what he said. He said, now, if you'll begin to grab this revelation that I'm giving you behind Pentecost, I will cast out the nations before you and enlarge your borders. Somebody say, expand my territory, God. Neither, neither will any man covet your land when you go up to appear before the Lord your God three times a year. Somebody say, you got a blessing, and I got a blessing. Amen. Acts chapter 2, you got a blessing, and I got a blessing. Just because God blessed you don't mean he can't bless me. We all up in here ready to get blessed by the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> Acts 2 verse 1. Now, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, fully come, 
there were with there were with uh, they were all with one accord and they were in one place that's the reason y'all got to understand that's the reason I kicked so hard against this culturized Christianity it ain't because I just want to fight somebody it's because I realize culturized Christianity is trying to separate the one accord Ah, it's trying to separate us from being in one accord and in one 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 but God said when you can get in one accord and you can get in one place he said, I'll send a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. Ah, oh, here we go now. Stay with me. And it'll fill the house where you're sitting. And there will appear to them as divided tongues, as a fire. And, and there will be one that will set upon each one of you. Ah. Uh, and you'll all be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you'll begin to speak with other tongues as the Holy Ghost gives you the utterance. Somebody say, that's mine in Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah. Now let's go. Uh, oh, I don't really have time to, to, to you, 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 read, you read a lot of, make sure you read all of Acts 2 when you get home today. Um, that's your homework today. Uh, that's, that's your homework. Let's go over to... Um, Let's go to uh, verse 12. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocking said, they're full of new wine. If you have not been accused of being drunk yet, you just ain't quite doing it right. If you still got it all under control, I, there's a little piece that just needs to get a little more undignified. Come on, somebody help me in here. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judah and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. Heed my words, for these are not drunk. Got them folk falling out down there at your church. I done seen people be carried out of your church. You got to, that ain't God. You better watch your mouth. You don't know what is God, really. Come on, somebody. I just fixed it for somebody else in here, too. I, I just helped somebody. I, it, I, didn't, I told you last week, I'm tired of letting people manage God for me. I'm tired of letting people manage God for me. I'm tired of telling me, people telling me what God can and can't do. Last time I checked, he told me he is my father, and he has given me, my, given me his spirit, and that's why I can say, Abba, Father, you are mine. Church done got good at managing God. Hallelujah. He said, but they ain't drunk, y'all. He says, he said, this is only the third hour of the day. And then he, then he quotes Joel, the, the prophet Joel. And uh, oh, we just got to read that too. Amen. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God. This ain't, listen, God says, I, this is me talking right here. This ain't just some good preacher. God said, I said this, in the last days, it shall come. I will pour out my spirit on what? All flesh. 
He said, he said, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and my maid servants, that, that just helps somebody too. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall what? Prophesy. And I will show wonders in heavens above and signs on the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. God said all I'm looking for is a call from you. All I'm looking for is you to say Jesus help me. All I'm looking for is that you say I ain't got it together but I know there is a God that has it all together and he can fix what's happening in my life right now. I feel like preaching now. Verse 36 therefore let all the house of Israel know surely that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Hallelujah. And when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Uh, hallelujah. And, the, and, and Peter said and to the rest of the, and the uh, let me say, they cut to heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brother, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent. He said, I'm not just looking for you to pray some kind of prayer. He said, I'm looking for the evidence of the prayer that you have prayed. I'm looking for there to be a repentance in your life. He said, repent. Somebody shall repent. Repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is to you and to your children and to all as far off as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received the word were baptized. And that day, everybody say that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. I want to preach from the, from, the, from the subject today, Pentecost and the harvest. Pentecost and the harvest. Father, in the name that is above every name, in the name of Jesus, I humble myself, I offer this living sacrifice to you today I pray once again that you'll speak through it not for my sake but for your name's sake God I pray today that you will open the ears of every person under the sound of my voice and that anything that may try to hinder any barrier or any kind of complication or any wall to communication will come down now in the name of Jesus and I pray spirit of God you'll begin to fall on people just as you did in the house of Cornelius when Peter was preaching the word and the Holy Ghost fell on him while he preached. I pray today, Spirit of God, fall on people while I preach this word today. And in the name of Jesus, I ask that you will begin to bring a harvest, not only in the kingdom, but in the lives of everybody that's in the kingdom today. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, we decree now, harvest come in the the name of Jesus today.
and I give you praise for it, Lord. Let your will, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And everybody that agrees, shout amen. I, I need you to look at five people. It's got to be five people today. I need you to look at five people before you're seated and tell them the harvest is here. Get ready. Come on, it's got to be five people. I, I need you to look at them and tell them the harvest is here. You better get ready. Can I have a little time today? Can I, can I have a few minutes to set something up in the house of God? Because I feel one of those anointings that I'll be preaching and then I'll fix something over here and then preach a little more and fix something over here for some people. But, but uh, I, I want you to understand that, that Pentecost is, is uh, something that is very misunderstood in the church today. Uh, when I say misunderstood, I'm not, I, I, I want to talk about all of the church. I'm not talking about our dear beloved Baptist or Methodist or Presbyterian or non-denominational Catholic brothers and sisters. I'm talking about everybody. I'm talking about Pentecostals too. Pentecost is something that is misunderstood by the church. Some people feel like on Pentecost Sunday it is my time to come down and act like I don't ever act all year long. I'm going to fix it for you right now. Now, that's what you call religion. You see, some people think religion is about a tie, a tie and a suit. But you've got to realize religion can show up in a tie and a suit. And it can show up in a V-neck t-shirt with tennis shoes on. Religion can show up in any kind of place. Religion can show up in all colors of people, nationalities of people, all ethnicities, whether they're rich, poor. It really don't matter. Religion can show up. So I want to fix something right quick that says, says that if you dress a certain way, you're religious, and if you don't, you're not. No, no, no. Religion has to do with a heart issue. It has to do with something that's on the inside of you, and regardless of whether you're in a three-piece suit or you walked in the house of God with some cut-up jeans and a t-shirt, God said, I look at the heart of a person. I don't look at the outside of it, and I know what's really going on in the depths of your soul. So when you begin to when you begin to feel like that you pursue God because of a certain day you have now become religious you pursue God because of a certain moment, you have now become religious. The Bible says in John 4 that God is spirit, and they who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, for the Father is looking for such to worship him. And so in other words, God is saying, I'm looking for a group of people in these last days right now that is not, they are not trying to conform to what they think I am, but they are transforming into who I am. I am trying to pull you to a place where you are so in love with me and you're so full of me that it really don't matter what you put on and it really don't matter where it really don't matter about your worship style, but when you walk in, I walk in with you because we have been together for a long time. So today we're talking about Pentecost and the harvest. So the, so the, so the, so the church has, uh, 
the, the, the church has kind of mixed this, this up a little bit. And uh, I, I, like, I like what the evangelist was saying last night. He was saying, he, he was saying uh, you know, that the church, I, I'm just fixing it for a minute. We're going to preach in a minute. Y'all stay with me. That, that the church, it, you, you got to realize that it, it, it's, it, you can't take your denomination, you can't take your denomination and, and label the church. That's what he was saying when he said it's not Pentecost. You can't label the church. You can't label it Baptist. You can't label it Methodist. You can't label it Pentecostal because what we understand that word to be is now I am either an assembly of God, a church of God, or a church of God of Christ, or this or that, or this or that. And then see, what you, you need to understand, you can't label Pentecost because Pentecost has already been labeled. God, God said you can't have it. It's already mine. You didn't send it. I sent it. And so what you must understand is that the first church did not label themselves whether they was Baptist or whether they were Methodist or whether they were white or whether they were black or whether they were Asian or whether they were American. The first church came in and when they got born again, a fire hit them and they didn't know nothing else but to be who the Holy Ghost had made them to be. So anything that begins to push against, somebody say fix it, pastor. Anything that begins to push against what the first church was has now become a religious mindset and begins to not flow with the kingdom but becomes to be a kingdom snag. Here we go. So, 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 we are celebrating today on the day of Pentecost. We are celebrating the birth. Everybody say the birth. Now, I've got to take a moment. For those of you that have done been in the faith for a while, don't get to yawning on me. Just, you know, just, just, just share this right quick. Just pull your phone out. Keep it on mute. Share it right quick. But I've got, got to help some people because not everybody's been in the faith for a while. So what you must understand is on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, the church was born. The church was not born at the cross. The church was born in the upper room. The church was paid for at the cross. But it wasn't born until the upper room. This is what we call the church age. It's called the dispensation of grace. By the way, when Jesus comes back in the rapture, the dispensation of grace will be over. The church age will be over. So you better get things right and go up with the first right. Um, you better get ready things right and you better go up with the first uh, going because you don't want to be here after that. So anyway, here we go. So the church, the cross paid for it, but Pentecost birthed it. So when we talk about a Pentecostal church, which I, by the way, have been in some of them that they needed to take the name off the sign. I've been in some of them. I'm like, y'all need to go down there into the Baptist church and check some of your brothers and sisters out because they got way more fire than what's going on in here. But so when we talk about a Pentecostal Church, or when we talk about the day of Pentecost, this is not something that is just celebrated because we affiliate with a certain movement. I'm, I got to do this so that, I, I, so that everybody in here realizes that what's about to happen at the end of this service, you have a place in it. Because otherwise, you'll be sitting there saying, I love the church. 
I like what happens. I'm going to continue to come, but that's their thing they do down there. I sit in the seat and act like my hands are glued to the back of it, but you've got to understand that God did not call us to be separated. On the day of Pentecost, he said, I'll take everybody. The only prerequisite that I'm looking for is as the blood of Jesus cleansed you from your sin. And he said, as he said, I'll take everybody. So now let me go to a little further place of teaching so that we can begin to get to the harvest. The name Pentecost simply means 50th, 50th. That's all it means. It's not, it, it, it just means Pentecost, 50. So they, so the time between Passover and Pentecost is 50 days. It's 50 days. It is the period. Can I stop just for a moment and say there's some of you that are living your life in between Passover and Pentecost. I'm telling you the worst place to live in is between Pentecost and pa I mean, Passover and Pentecost because you've got just enough of Jesus to know he's real, but you ain't got no fire to live for him. I'm going to talk for a moment. You're in between Passover and Pentecost, and, and there's got to be something that hits your life to where you say, I ain't, I'm not willing to be uh, smothered and silenced anymore. Glory be to God. So the, the word Pentecost simply means 50th. It's the 50th day after Passover. In the Old Testament, it was one of the feasts that the children of Israel were required to keep. We've already read that. It was one of the times where all the males of Israel had to present themselves before the Lord. In the Old Testament, you don't see the word Pentecost. You just see the phrase Feast of Weeks. Why is this? Because there are seven weeks, 49 days between the time of Passover and before Pentecost fully comes. There's a difference between Pentecost coming and Pentecost fully coming. You've got to stay with me right now. See, Pentecost comes on day one, but it don't fully come until day 50. It, it, Pentecost comes in, in day 10, but it don't fully come until day 50. And so the Bible says it was on when Pentecost had fully come. In other words, it was on day 50 when they were just about to stop. When they were just about to quit. When they were just about to throw the marriage in. When they were just about to give up on their prodigal. When they were just about to go back to who they used to be. At that moment, God said, I poured something out that shifted and changed who they are. I'm going to stay with me. We're just trying to build for a moment. So, so it's seven weeks, seven weeks, 49 days plus one. It's called, it's called this because the Lord tells the children of Israel, he says, you count seven Sabbaths from the time of Passover, which is seven weeks, and this will be called the Feast of Weeks. This was a time which they were to celebrate, stay with me now because this is very important, celebrate the wheat harvest. They were to celebrate the wheat harvest. Brother, bump, bump the AC up on about 72. That cold air is hitting me right now. They were to celebrate the wheat harvest. Now, when Christ died, stay with me. Uh, let me teach somebody. Jesus is called the first fruit. Why was he called the first fruit? Because when Passover happened, then you had the barley harvest. So when Jesus was raised from the dead, he is the first fruit of the barley harvest. 
But God said, just hold on about 50 days. There's another harvest coming. He said, and you're going to be after the order of Melchizedek. You're going to be after the seed of Abraham. You're going to be from the root of Jesse, the Messiah, the Messiah. You're going to be after Jesus. He has to raise first, and then you can come behind him. Now watch this. He's part of the barley harvest, so he's the first fruit. But uh, that, that's what is reaped at the barley harvest. But then towards the end of spring and the beginning of summer, the time we end, is what you call the wheat harvest right now. Now we got to talk a little bit about the wheat harvest because in order for you to begin to get a wheat harvest, there has to be several things that happen. And let me just stop for a minute and take a commercial break because I really didn't know this chance until I began to think about this message this week. Uh, on, 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 on Easter Sunday, something began to pour out in this house and it has not stopped yet. That's where you give God praise right now. It had been pouring out, but the scales tipped on Easter Sunday. We, we were sitting around in a staff meeting, and we were talking about it, and we said, we don't, we've been experiencing powerful moves of God all year long, but it was, one of the staff members said it like this, and it was so perfect. Y'all ever been to one of those water parks where the bucket, water just keeps going, getting in the bucket, and then when it gets full, it just finally dips over. It was like all year long water was going in the bucket. And on Easter Sunday, it just got so full, it had to dip over. It had to pour over. So that's what happened on Easter Sunday. I did not realize this I, I, until the Lord showed me this. Now, I'm not talking about observing a certain day. The apostle Paul said that ain't, that ain't necessary, right? Didn't he say that? But you got to understand God moves in patterns. God moves, God moves in patterns and God moves in order as the evangelist taught last night. And God also is, is very, very sensitive to numbers. If you don't think so, he's got a whole book in his Bible called Numbers. So we see, I'm just, I got to teach this and then we're going to go into preaching. But you see that there's, there's numbers like three and there's numbers like five and there's numbers like seven and there's numbers like eight and there's numbers like 10 and there's numbers like 12. And then you have numbers like 40 where you see real powerful things happening on 40. But then we got this number called 50. It's 50. You don't really see it anywhere else except when it's time for a harvest. So I began, I said, Lord, I, I began to count that thing up. And I, I said, and from Easter Sunday, I realized that we was 49 days and today happened to be day. I said, my God, we, what we have been in during this time of revival is the feast of weeks and we did not even know it. And we've been giving God praise and we've been giving God worship and we've been sowing offerings and God said, you didn't even know it, but I took you by your hand and began to guide you through the feast of weeks. But I came to tell somebody today, today is day number 50 and it's time for a harvest to break out in your life. You better get ready now. Ah. Somebody said, that's my harvest now. So, then, 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 stay with me now, and then, then we're, I promise you we're getting to where we're going to preach. 
But I had to lay this foundation because I realized that so much of the church today in many ways is biblically illiterate. Uh, and so, uh, so, so in order for us to really preach a thing and it not just be about your emotions, we have to lay a foundation that you can leap from. Y'all get with me, okay? And, so, and so, 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 so the Bible says that Jesus was raised up three days after the Passover. Somebody say three days. Three days after the Passover, he was raised from the dead. He was the first fruit of the harvest. He was, he, he, he was the first for this to happen. Now, the Bible says for 40 days, everybody say 40 days. For 40 days, he walked around showing himself to many. He showed up in a prayer meeting, dear brother, one time he showed up in a prayer meeting when Thomas was talking a bunch of junk, saying, I ain't going to believe nothing. And he said, Thomas, put your hand right here. He said, Thomas, feel my hands. He said, give me something to eat and let me show you that I am who I said I am and that I will do what I say I'm going to do, Thomas. You can feel me, handle me. You'll know that I am Jesus. So he showed up for 40 days. Everybody say 40 days. But at the end of that 40 days, the Bible says that he called them unto himself in Galilee and he blessed them. And the Bible says that he ascended into heaven and there was two angels that sat there and said, men and brethren of Galilee, why do you stand here gazing? This same Jesus that went up into the heaven is going to come in a like manner. So you better get ready. So the Bible Bible says that they went back into Jerusalem with the blessing of the Lord. They went back into Jerusalem with the grace of God on their life, but they did not have the power yet. So they went back in Jerusalem and for nine days, they set up in an upper room and began to pray. For nine days, 500 people began to diminish down to 120 because they got tired of praying. They got tired of listening to all kinds of messages that Peter was trying to priest that had no anointing because the Holy Ghost hadn't poured out on him yet. They got tired of sitting around and it was 500, went down to 120. But when God seen there was 120 in one accord and in one place on day number 10, which is the 50th day, the Bible says there came a sound as of a mighty rushing wind from heaven and it filled the place where they were assembled together and tongues of fire began to set upon each one of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. Pastor, what are you trying to say? I'm saying you may have been praying for 40 days. You may have been praying for 43. You may have been praying for 49, but I got an announcement. Today is day number 50 and the Holy Ghost is ready to hit your life and fill you with the fire that you you've been praying for, that you've been needing, that you've been asking. Y'all sit down. I got a little more to go. Day number 50. It's time for the harvest. Stay with me. He poured out his spirit. They begin to speak with other tongues. God has this thing about him that he likes to diminish things down until you know it's him. Oh, hallelujah. 
he, he, likes to, he likes to create situations until you know it was him. He don't want nobody else getting his glory. Matter of fact, he said, I ain't going to share it with nobody. He, he likes to put you in situations and, and challenges to where you can't give God's glory to your boss because he gave you the bonus. God said, that was me. I might have used him, but it was all me. He likes to put you in situations to where you can't call grandmama no more and you can't call your spouse in on, on that problem and you can't even call all your kids but you're in a place where you say God if you don't show up I'm dead in this water and God said that's what I've been waiting on so I'm going to take you from 500 to 120 therefore you know I did not need 500 to change this world I really didn't need 120 all I was looking for was two or three that are gathered together in my name and there I can come into the midst of them Ah, we're going to go now. So what I'm trying to tell you today is that in the Old Testament, somebody say Old Testament. The Old Testament, Pentecost was about the harvest. I'm here to tell you today that in the New Testament, Pentecost is about the harvest. It ain't changed. We changed it. But God ain't changed it. Matter of fact, God said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. He said, there's going to be such a, this is a word for somebody. There's going to be such an expedited harvest on what's going to happen in the upper room that by the time you get down out of it, 3,000 people will already have given their lives to me. This is how somebody, this is how fast I'm about to change it. Glory. So I want to talk real quickly about three things Pentecost and the harvest have in common. And then, and then we, we're about to receive an offering. Now, uh, brother, come up here and help me real quick. I can't stay in my jacket no more. I've been trying to stay in my jacket, but I can't stay in my jacket no more. Thank you. But so, so I want to tell you that, that because at, by the time this service ends, I'm believing for the heavens to open. I'm believing for there to be a moment to where God begins to place on your heart. You know, today is the day where we sow in our Pentecost offering. But I'm believing for a moment that you're not just going to walk down and do it because the Bible said do it. You're going to walk down and say, God, I got faith that you're about to open something. You're about to open something so wide in my life that I can't even have room enough to contain it. So, so Pentecost was about the wheat harvest. Everybody say wheat harvest. So in the Old Testament, now if you want to write some notes down or whatever, you want to put this down. Pentecost was God's provision for life. It was God's provision for life. <laughs> some of y'all already connecting the dots. In the Old Testament, the Feast of Weeks was a time they celebrated the harvest of wheat. To an agriculture-based society, wheat was a necessity for you to be able to live. Whether you were feeding your animals or whether you were feeding your family with it, you had to have wheat to live. There was no other way around that. And God told the children of Israel, he said, you are to bring me an offering of new grain yeah, during this time. It was a way of giving him thanks for the current wheat harvest and provision of life. It was a way of saying, 
saying thank you for the harvest to come as well as saying, God, I know that you're faithful in my tomorrow. In other words, Pentecost was a time where you thanked him for your right now harvest and you sowed and thanked him for your future harvest. All of this was necessary for your life. When we look at Pentecost in the New Testament, we see all this in a spiritual sense. Jesus was a type of the first fruits. I've already shared that. From the time he was raised from the dead until the fullness of the day of Pentecost, it was 50 days. I've already shared that. In Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, once again, we see God bringing provision for life. But this time, he was not giving you a grain that you could eat with your flesh. This time, he was feeding your spirit. For the Bible says that those who are carnally minded is death. But those who have a spiritual mind or spiritually minded, it is life. So just as God sent grain in the Old Testament so they would have provision on the day of Pentecost, he sent the Holy Ghost so that you could live because you can't live without the Holy Ghost. So on the day of Pentecost, he pours out provision for life once again. It was, listen, on, on this day, the Holy Ghost being poured out was just as important and necessary. It just as in, let me say it this way, just as important it was for an agricultural society to receive a grain harvest or a wheat harvest, let me say it like that, and get grain from it, it was even more important that we receive the Holy Ghost, that we get to a place where that Spirit of God is poured out on our life. He is provision for life. I've got a news flash for some people in here. You think you can take or leave the Holy Ghost? You can't take or leave the Holy Ghost. I came to tell you today, if you ain't got the Spirit of God, you're going to find yourself in a bad situation. You're going to find yourself deprived. You're going to find yourself dead. You're going to find yourself thirsty. You're going to find yourself looking for love in all the wrong places. But when that Holy Spirit pours on your life, you'll realize that I did not receive a thing. I received the thing. I received who I was created to be filled with the spirit of the living God. Somewhere somebody told the church you can take or leave the Holy Ghost. The devil is a liar. That's why some of you are in the situations you are in. Because when times when they did altar calls and said, if you want the Holy Ghost, come on, who am I talking to right now? If you want the Holy Ghost, come on down. And you said, my God, I gotta get to the restaurant. You said, my God, I got something else to do. You said, my God, that ain't for me, that's for all them. And God said, here we are, one more circle around. And you're right back, who am I talking to? You're right back where you were because last time you didn't want to receive life but this time I'm giving you one more chance I thank God that he is a God of second chances I thank God that he'll bring you right back around and say I'm ready to give you provision for life one more time just as that grain was important to sustain them for life just as that wheat harvest was important to keep them living, the Holy Ghost is more important. 
The Holy Ghost is more important. The Holy Ghost is more important to sustain you in the life that God has called you to live in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say it's harvest time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something. Pentecost is about God sending his life, giving his life altering, his life changing, his life empowering spirit to live inside of us so that we may have life. These disciples in this upper room, they had received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They had walked with him. They had learned from him. In John 20, he even said, the Bible says he breathed upon them and they received the Holy Ghost. That was their, that was their salvation moment. But they had not been filled with the power that they were needing to be able to be who God had called them to be. The Bible, listen, they were clean because of the word, but they were lifeless. Can I talk? to the American church today. Can I talk to some of you in here right now? You're clean because you've been born again. You've done said yes to Jesus, but you don't have the Holy Ghost. You are lifeless. You are lifeless. There is no life inside of you. And God is calling you today and saying, I will put my spirit so deep inside of you that you will begin to live. And I, you will live not only barely, but you will live more abundantly. He will give you a life a life-changing, a life-empowering Holy Spirit that will begin to shift your life forever. That's what he's trying to tell somebody today. You see, in between Pentecost and Passover, they were hiding from the Pharisees. They were fighting and arguing over positions. When the church starts fighting and arguing over positions... I'm going to talk the Bible. Come on, Holy Ghost. It's time for me to sing the song. I'm going to play the instrument. Time for me to be over the... Sir. Hey, Shakatai. Well, I want to be over the ministry. I want to... When the church starts arguing and fighting over positions, it is a sign. It is an evidence that you haven't been to the upper room in a while. Who am I talking to right now? It's an evidence. It's an evidence that you haven't been filled and refilled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody asked a man of God one time, why do you say you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost every day? He said, because I got cracks in me and I believe it might leak out. He said, so every day I get before God praying in the Holy Ghost and let him fill this vessel one more time because I don't want to be an empty crack pipe. I don't want to be an empty crack pot. I want to be a vessel that God is pouring into my life on a daily basis. When you start fighting and arguing over trivial stuff, it's because you have not been to the upper room in a while. Or maybe... Never. They were fighting over positions. Peter gets a group of them and says, I tell y'all what, let's just go back to who we used to be. And they followed him. And Jesus said, let me grab these boys one more time. 
He says, y'all got any fish out there? He already knew they ain't caught nothing. Hey, y'all got any fish out there? They didn't know it was Jesus. No, we don't have no fish. We've been, we've been toiling all night. Jesus said, I'm going to teach them one more time. He said, throw your net on the other side of the boat. They threw it on the other side of the boat and they began to catch such a harvest that the Bible says the boat was starting to sink. Jesus was teaching them, you got to understand something. If you don't get nothing else, if you don't tweet nothing else, if you don't remember nothing else, remember this. You cannot reap God's harvest your way. 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 God said, I am the Lord of the harvest. It is my harvest, and you got to do it my way. But when you jump into my way, I'll begin to send such a harvest that you don't have the nets to hold it, that you don't have the boat to hold it, that you don't even have the place to contain it, but you got to do it my way. <clears throat> How many people have tried to get God's harvest their way? He says, y'all don't have no fish. I know you don't have no fish. You ain't even supposed to be out here. But, but I'm going to show you who I am one more time. When they pulled the fish in, Peter said, oh, that's Jesus. <laughs> I know who that is. I, I remember being in the boat with him the first time. When we hadn't caught out, caught anything, and I gave him my boat so he could preach a sermon and receive an offering, and then he looked at me and said, "Cast out into the deep." And I said, "Lord, why are we going to the deep? You can't catch fish in the deep." He said, "I'm about to show you that when deep cries, deep cries out the deep, there is nothing that is impossible for the Lord your God." He said, "I remember when I cast out that day, and I had to have some people help me with the harvest." He said, "The harvest has come one more time." And I know that is Jesus that's calling to me on that shore right now. So it was the, the day of Pentecost was about provision for life. But the day of Pentecost also is about receiving and releasing of new. Push your neighbor and say, wake up. You shouldn't have stayed up so late last night. Now tell him I was at a revival. I couldn't help it. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's about receiving and releasing new. Listen, I mentioned this earlier, but during the time of Pentecost Feast of Weeks, they had to present to the Lord an offering of new grain. God said, don't, don't bring me the stuff you don't kept in your, your cabinet all year. He said, don't, don't bring me the stuff that you don't want. He said, I want you to take an offering of the new grain, the stuff that I have, the new thing that I, had, I have done in your life. 
the new passion I have placed in your life, the new worship that has come into your life, the new fire that has come into your life. He's saying, that's what I'm looking for. It's amazing to me how many people can come to a powerful service, be touched by God, and try to give him their old worship, try to give him their old praise, try to give him, give him their tired prayer life, try to give them something that has not shifted. And God said, no, 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 you don't understand. I don't want your old. I gave you a new so you could present new to me. I want your new worship. I want your new praise. I want your new prayer life. I want your new harvest. I want, I want what I'm doing new in your life right now. Hey. He said, I send new wine so you can pour new wine out. I send a new vessel so you'll have a new vessel to hold it. I don't want your old. You gotta understand God would give them new seed. He would give them new rain. He would give them a new harvest. But out of it, he expected a new offering. He expected a new offering. Push your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's time to give God something from what he has done new. Don't go back to offering me your old way of doing stuff. Can I have just a few minutes? I feel rushed and I got to back up for a moment. It's amazing to me. Molly, how we've seen some, you know, some pastors and preachers come during this revival and they get what the fire God pours on them and then they take it back to their church. Something new is happening. You know what I'm saying? We've had testimonies. One, one pastor said, and now this might not mean much around here, but it's a big deal in his church. He said, Pastor, I came to that revival. He said, this Sunday, three people got saved and one got baptized in the Holy Ghost. You need to give God a praise for that. <laughs> That might not mean much around here because we see scores of people saved. We see scores of people baptized in the spirit. But for a man that ain't seen it all year, he realized something new had hit his life. He realized God had done something new. But then we see some come and get something new, but try to go and pour it back into their old. And God said, if you get something new and pour it into the old, it's going to bust. He said, and if you have a new skin and pour some old into it, it's going to bust. He said, I'm looking for something new out of you as something I've done new inside of you. In other words, I taught you this last week. In other words, when I put fire in you, the fire that comes from you is my fire. It's not your fire. It's not a strange fire. We got to go one more place, and then we're about to, we're about to go. I, I just wanted to say that. Watch this. Number three, Pentecost is a reminder that there has been a separation. In the process, somebody say wheat harvest. In the process of separating the grain from the wheat, the wheat is beaten so that the grain falls off of the stock of the wheat. The problem is that they, they beat the wheat and the wheat 
and the grain. Stay with me now. Let's say we had a big pile of wheat right here and they're beating it and the grain falls off the stock. The problem is, is that the grain and the stalks, all of it is in one pile. It's, it has not been separated. <laughs> and so what they do, Luke, what they do is they, they get these, these, these big forks. I'm sure they have a much more conventional way of doing it now, but they get these forks and they toss it up in the air. And when they toss it up in the air, it begins to separate. The challenge is if a wind is not blowing, it falls right back down into the same place. <laughs> I told y'all God's about to hit this house right here. If, there, if there's no wind blowing, it all just stays the same. So therefore, in between Passover and Pentecost, the disciples would throw their love for God up in the air and they would throw their love for the world up in the air, but it would all fall in one place. In between Pentecost and Passover, they would throw their greed up in the air, but then they would throw their glory to God up in the air, but it would fall down in one place. They, they, would, they would throw their call to change the world up in the air, but then they would throw their temptation to be changed by the world up in the air, and it would all fall down in one place. Why? There was no wind blowing. But the Bible says that when the day of Pentecost, I feel the Holy Ghost now, that when the day of Pentecost had fully come there came a sound as of a mighty rushing yes a wind and now when they threw their love for God up in the air and they threw their love for the world up in the air the love for the world blew away and the love for God remained now when they threw their call up in the air to change the world and their temptation to be changed by the world the temptation to be changed by the world blew away and their call to change the world remained there was a separation When the Holy Ghost is moving in your life, there's a separation. He said, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. He said, because when a wind is blowing, when a wind is blowing, you'll, you'll get rid of somebody's phone number. When a wind is blowing, you'll say, baby, you're fine and all that, but you got to go. I got to get holy unto the Lord. When a wind is blowing, you ain't got to be begged to come into the house of God because there's a separation that has happened and you know you are his and you know you want to be where he is. What happened on the day of Pentecost? Is that God separated the part of them that was after themselves to the part of them that was after Jesus. <laughs> 
Y'all better give God a praise in this house right now. <laughs> what happened on the day of Pentecost? For 10 days, I'm chunking it up in the air. I'm chunking my depression up in the air. I'm chunking my devotion in the air. But it keeps falling into the same pile for nine days. I'm throwing my fear of God up in the air and I'm throwing my fear of the world up in the air. But it keeps falling in the same place. And I can't figure out how to separate it. And there won't never be a separation until you get up in that upper room and the wind begins to blow again. And that fire hits your life. Come on, Molly, play something behind me. My testimony and then we're done. Lord willing. The week I was born again, I, I, the, Lord had, the Lord had saved me. I mean, he supernaturally broke some stuff, man. I'm telling you, man. I, and he supernaturally broke some stuff off of me. I even heard his audible voice the day I got born again. Now, I'm bringing this around. I heard his audible voice. Only two times in my life have I heard the audible voice of God. One of them was at the day that I was born again. He called to me. He spoke to me just as I'm speaking to you right now. He said, I have called you to preach my word. Here's the problem. All week long. Hey. All week long. I threw up the call. But the temptation, the call back to the world was being thrown up too. And it was all landing back on my life. Pulling me back to who I used to be. I said, God, I ain't going to make it. I ain't going to make it. I'm, I ain't even through week one. How am I going to make it? I feel the glory. How am I going to make this? I keep throwing up everything, but it keeps falling back down on me. And that Sunday morning, there was about a five foot, five inch man. <laughs> Brother Mike, full of the Holy Ghost, by the name of Pastor Dave Allman, who would stand up and preach a message if it didn't nobody say amen to it. <laughs> Stand up and give God some glory if did nobody give God some glory. He stood up and preached on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He preached, he preached it with all he had. He preached a fire that would turn around and separate things in your life. He preached about a wind of the Spirit that will separate something in your life. He preached about a power from on high that you didn't have on your own. And it clicked in me somewhere in the end towards the end of that service. 
That's what I've been looking for. I walked down that day. I didn't know why I didn't know about it. I thought the rest of the church was baptized in the Holy Ghost. I thought there was just me and two others didn't have the Holy Ghost. Because that was the only people showed up to the altar. Everybody else had their hands glued to the back of a seat. Needing what I was getting. Wanting what I was getting. Scared to come and ask. I walked down there that day. I said, God, I ain't going to make it. You got to do something. Years of street. Years of street. I ain't going to make it. Not on what I have right now. This ain't enough. I didn't care what the, if the church was assembly of God, church of God, Baptist, Meth. I did not give a rip what they called themselves. All I knew is that if God, you pour out your spirit, I'll take it. I did not care. I sat down there that day and praying and I don't know how long I'd been at that altar. Brother Jason, I was ready to give up. Going back to my seat. But all of a sudden, the power of God began to hit me, and I began to shake. I didn't know nothing about shaking. To me, if you was shaking, you was ODing. And I was. <laughs> Just not on no dope. <laughs> I wasn't ODing on no dope. I began to shake. This dear brother came behind me. Marcus Kakinen, he's with the Lord now. He lifted my hands up. He wouldn't let my hands go down. They were tired. I couldn't hold them up no more. He just held them up. Stood behind me. He stood behind me praying in the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, a language hit me that I did not have on my own. And a wind began to blow in my life. And before I knew it, everything I'd been tossing, everything I'd been tossing up in the air, falling down on my life, began to blow out of my life. And a separation began to happen. And I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew God had changed me forever that day. I'd like to tell you there's been times where I didn't have to come back and revisit that upper room. I'd like to tell you, Brother Jacob, there's been times I didn't have to come back to that altar and visit the upper room again, but there's been times I had to go back to that altar and say, God, I feel like this man's trying to come out of the grave. I feel like that old man's trying to come out of the grave again. God, I don't want him back up here. He said, come on back to the upper room, son. I'll fill you one more time. I'll give you fire one more time. I'll give you power one more time. I'll help you love people that you shouldn't, that you don't want to love one more time. I'll help you unite with people you don't want to unite with one more time. I'll help you preach like you ain't never preached before one more time. I'll give you an anointing that you ain't walked in one more time. Come on back up here to this upper room, son, and let me fill you one more time. Has there been a separation? Or are you like I was? 
You just keep throwing that stuff up in the air and it keeps falling back down on your life. There's a wind today. I asked God, I said, God, let a wind blow in this place. Let a wind. I, I don't know how many Jeremiah Hosfords there is sitting in this place, but God, I know they need a wind. I know they won't make it tomorrow unless a wind blows today. I know they won't, they won't make it in the call unless a fire falls today. Would you do it one more time, Jesus? That's what I asked him for today. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.